From the international headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, this is Making a Difference, and this is Dr. Shelton Smith. I'm delighted to be with you today, and thank you for joining us. We get together here five days a week on this station at this time and just open up the Word of God and look at things that we believe will help all of us. In fact, I look at every broadcast and I say to myself, it must be God-focused, Christ-centered, and Bible taught. We're looking for the things in the Word of God that'll point us to the Savior, that'll get us to walk the walk that God wants us to walk. And for those of you maybe who do not have salvation settled, we want to introduce you to the Savior and introduce you also to the great salvation that He offers. And if you are saved, Obviously, a part of what we do here strongly is we work at preaching the Word of God, doing it plainly, doing it practically, just laying it out so clearly so that the Christian life becomes something that is really representative of what a Christian should be. And we want to introduce you every single day to Bible concepts. This is a part of what we do here, and thankful to the Lord for the privilege that we have to do it. So thank you for joining us today. This is the Tuesday broadcast, and we are looking forward to being in Lexington, Kentucky tonight. I'll be at the Clay's Mill Baptist Church and preaching there at the 7 o'clock hour. And then again tomorrow, I'll be doing some workshops, and we look forward to this great church growth conference at the Clay's Mill Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky. Today, tomorrow, and Thursday, it'll continue. So be sure, if you're in that area, to join us there. Now, I want to get to our study today. We've been looking for several days now at terms in the Bible, and there are a number of them, in fact, a couple of dozen terms that help us to understand the full scope of the issue of salvation. Now, I know some of you who've been Christians for a long time, you say, I have this sorted out. You may have it sorted out, and you may have it thoroughly understood, but I'm telling you, if you grasp the terms that the Bible gives us about where we are when we come to Christ and what we have because we are in Christ, then we have something that puts us on shouting ground. It makes us rejoice. We have joy deep within our heart, and when we open our mouth to express it, we rejoice because of what we have. Now, so far, we have looked at the following terms. We have looked at the words saved, the words born again, the words sons of God, the words children of God, the matter of being washed clean, delivered fully, heirs and joint heirs, being adopted, forgiven, justified, atoned, propitiated, ransomed, redeemed, Along with these terms, we still have several more to go here, and I want you to look with me at three or four of them today. First of all, let's look at the word believer. This matter of believing is a major part of what is involved in becoming a Christian. And when a person believes, the Bible identifies that they are a believer. For example, in John chapter 7, verse 31, it says, Many of the people believed on him, and said, When Christ cometh, will he do more miracles than these which this man hath done? So he's talking about this simple matter of believing. John chapter 8 and verse 30. As he spake these words, many believed on him. 
and John 10, 42, and many believed on him there. John 12, 42 says, nevertheless, among the chief rulers also many believed on him. You get down into Acts chapter 9, verse 42, it was known throughout all Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. Acts 16, 34, talking about the jailer there, says that they were believing in God with all his house. Acts 17, 12, therefore many of them believed. So folks, look, all of this is just telling us what happens. People hear the message, they see or meet Christ along the way here, and as they do, they simply trust Him. They put their faith in Him. One more verse here, 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12, For the which cause I also suffer these things, nevertheless I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that He is able to keep that which I have committed unto Him against that day. So believing in Christ leads us to a point where that we are fully persuaded of what we have. So what do we mean by believing? Well, let me just suggest several things are involved here. Number one, it means to be persuaded. Somebody has introduced you to something, and you have been persuaded of its truth. Not only are you persuaded, but you are convinced, and thereby you become confident, and you trust what it is that you've been taught. Now, to trust means to rely upon. It's not just acknowledgement of the facts. There are people who say, I believe in God, but yet they've not trusted Him. There are people who say, I believe Jesus died on the cross, but they've not trusted Him. They have not come to rely upon Him. They have not risked their time and eternity upon Him. And when we trust Him, it's one step beyond just mere intellectual assent. You know, let me illustrate it this way. There was a time in my life when I started to school as a little boy that I was introduced to some math concepts. I learned, for example, that 2 plus 2 equals 4. But do you know, even though I knew that, and if the teacher asked that on a little quiz, I was able to repeat it back to the teacher. But as a little boy, I had done nothing with that at all. But there came a day when I went to the store to buy something all at once. The knowledge that I had was something that I had to plug in and trust that. And so I gave the person at the store a certain amount of money. They gave me money back based on that 2 plus 2 equals 4 concept. Now, folks, at that point, when you go to the store, when you go to the bank, then you trust what you've learned. And sometimes people know all about the things of the Lord, and they are familiar with the Bible and all, but they've not trusted the Savior. And we need to become a believer. And here is an additional term. When you read through the Bible, you find the word brethren. This is another very, very important term. Brethren occurs like, for example, four times in the book of Galatians. It appears in the book of Ephesians. It appears a number of times in Philippians. It appears in Colossians when he talks about saluting the brethren. And in First and Second Thessalonians, it's there, I don't know, 15 or 20 times in those two little epistles. Now, what are we looking at here? Brethren, that means that the sons of God and the ones that are called the children of God, they become brothers in Christ. That is, when somebody else has trusted the Savior and you have trusted the Savior, you enter into a brotherhood of the faith, 
where you are brethren, as the Bible describes it here. Now, dear friends, this is an important concept. In my family, I have three brothers and a sister, and these are my siblings. And listen, they are so special to me. They are absolutely people that hold a place in my life that nobody else has. They are people. They don't live near me. They don't live in the same town where I live. But listen, they are my brethren. They are my family. And as a result of that, the relationship is different. It's special to anything else anywhere on the planet. And I want you to know, when you come to Christ, you become brethren with everybody who knows the Savior. I mean, everybody who's saved, born again, sons of God, children of God, redeemed, justified, etc. If they have the real, genuine, authentic Word of God in them, the Son of God, the salvation of God, then that means that we are very much brethren. And that is a good concept. It's something we need to grasp hold of. In fact, a lot of us haven't gotten it because we don't go to church much. We haven't gotten into the church like the Lord would have us to do. By the way, church is not a man-made idea. It's God's concept. And why does he want us there? Well, obviously, our brethren need us. We need our brethren. We need to do what brethren can do together. And we can never fulfill the things that God wants us to do if we just walk alone. We have to have that brethren relationship in order to completely fulfill what God has in mind for us as his sons and daughters and by virtue of the fact that we are believers and that we are serving him in the faith. There's another term here that comes into play, and that is the term citizen. Let's look, for example, at Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 19. Now, therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. So here we are, fellow citizens. It's like we now have a country that we did not have before. We have a country. It is in heaven, of course, and we are moving in that direction. We are headed there, and therefore we are not strangers with each other. We are not foreigners to each other, but we are fellow citizens with others who have trusted Christ as Savior. In fact, if you look at Philippians chapter 3 and verse 20, the Bible says, For our conversation is in heaven, from whence we look also for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. What we're looking at here, this term conversation, it has the idea of citizenry. Are we, in fact, living the lifestyle and walking the walk that is becoming to our citizenship? So all of this is involved. As fellow citizens, we do belong to a group. We're not alone in this world. In fact, God never leaves us. And our fellowship with one another is a benefit of that salvation that we have because God is with us. And then we learn that we have an entitlement in the sense that we can be with others. We can have a camaraderie with other Christians, a fellowship with them. And listen, all of this is a part of the plan. It is a part of what God has designed for us to enable us in our Christian life. And I'm telling you, these terms, believers, brethren, citizens, they're all similar in a way. They all communicate something to us that we need to have communicated. It's not enough for you to just set out on your own and say, well, I'm going to hibernate over here. I'm going to isolate myself. I'm going to be monastic in the sense that I'm just going to hide away somewhere. That is not what the Christian life is about. We need the fellowship with each other. We need that time where we get together, where we sing the great songs of faith and where we hear the 
Word of God preached and taught, and then we have the camaraderie that develops with other Christians that also is a strengthening factor. All of this because we're citizens together in the country that's coming, the great land that God's prepared for us in heaven. When he said, I go to prepare a place for you, he has that place prepared. And you and I, as sons of God and children of God, have the privilege to work together in that uh, with our other believers, with those that are walking with the Lord also. So let's back up and look again. What have we done here? We've looked at these terms, saved, born again, sons of God, children of God. We've been washed clean, the Bible says, and delivered fully. We're heirs and joint heirs with Christ. We've been adopted, remember, given status as an adult, even after we've just been born again. We've been forgiven. All our sins are erased. I mean, as far as the East is from the West, sin can be forgiven. God does that. He justifies us, treats us as though we had never sinned. And therefore, we are atoned and propitiated by the sacrifice of Christ and ransomed. He pays the price for us and redeems us, buys us out and sets us free and all of that because we have believed in him and entered into this relationship of the brethren and become citizens in the family of God. Listen, this is so very, very special. It is amazing because it is for real. And dear friend, if you do not have this settled in your life, I hope that you'll get in touch with me and let us help you with that. And if you are having a difficult time struggling in your Christian life, stay with us. Be here every day. I'll do my best to give you some things that'll be a great help and support in your Christian life. Now, I do like to hear from you, and I hope that you'll write me a note if you have questions or if you just want to comment on the broadcast. I would be so appreciative to hear from you either way. So write to me, Dr. Shelton Smith at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. I look forward to hearing from you, and I do hope you'll join me again tomorrow. Until that time, God bless you. Have a good rest of this day, and goodbye for now.